welcome to Cancer HealthCasts, where science is driving hope. I'm your host, Catherine McPhail, and today we are joined by Michael Weingarten, the director of the Small Business Innovation Research Development Center at NCI. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, thanks very much for having me. To start us off, could you tell us about SBIR's mission and why it's important to support small businesses in the field of cancer care innovation? Sure, sure. Happy to do that. So SBIR is actually, it's a really interesting program that was set up by Congress actually about 30 years ago now. And uh, the, the main goal of SBIR is to fund, at least at the NCI, is we fund emerging startup companies that are developing new technologies in the cancer space. And our goal is to develop the next generation of technologies for treating cancer patients, as well as servicing the needs of the cancer research community. I know that as part of your mission, you also are looking to support um, participation from small businesses that are minority or disadvantaged companies. Could you talk a little bit about how you go about that work? Yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, that is, it is actually one of the there are four major goals for the SBR program, and that is that is one of the very important ones. And um, we do a lot to try to pull in uh, startup companies that are um, led by underrepresented scientists. And one of the main ways we do that is actually we run a program for not just for the NCI, but for the NIH as a whole. It's called the Applicant Assistance Program. And what that program does is it actually provides a coach to companies that have never received an SBIR award from the NIH in the past. And that coach actually works hand in hand with the folks that are working on that application. And it, it advises them on how to write a stronger application. They'll actually review drafts of the application before it's submitted. And it really helps folks who have not been successful in getting awards just understand how the whole process works and what, what sorts of things that NIH looks for in our peer review process. Because every application that comes to the NCI and to the NIH as a whole, it needs to go through peer review. So uh, the Applicant Assistance Program really helps kind of give them a leg up on that. And just, just, just as an example, we've been running this program for about three years now. And We've, we've had a number of companies that have participated in the program. 63 companies have actually received awards that have already gone through the applicant assistance program. And 52 out of those 63 were actually owned by underrepresented groups, including women and, and other underrepresented scientists. That's fantastic. Wow, that's that's some good news over the past three years. So you feel like you can already see sort of some of the the positive outcomes of that applicant assistance program? Yeah, we do. We do. Um, I think I think we are making some progress there, but I think we also have to continue to get better. So we're looking at you know new ideas for how we can reach uh, different communities that you know aren't as active in the NCISBR program. Um, as we'd like them to be. So over the next year, we're going to be coming up with some new ideas, new programs okay. that we're going to be launching. Absolutely. When it comes to, you know, the sorts of 
cancer care innovation that you're looking for. I was wondering if you could share an example, maybe of a, a promising innovation in cancer care technology from a small business that SBIR is supporting. Sure, absolutely. Um, so probably our, our biggest uh, and recent, most recent success story is a, is actually a drug uh, called Tridelvi that was approved by the FDA back in April of 2020. And um, this, this drug is actually very exciting for uh, because it's for the treatment of triple negative breast cancer, which is uh, typically is a harsher cancer uh, for women and much harder to treat. Uh, so because we were able to fund uh, clinical trials uh, for the development of this drug that really helped uh, them also raise, in addition to the NCI funding, it helped them go out and raise additional private capital, which is really critical for our companies to actually reach commercialization. Um, so we're very proud of that, uh, that drug that's on the market for women. And um, just as an indicator of the success of that drug, the company that we funded, a company called Immunomedics, was actually acquired by another company called Gilead Sciences uh, through a $20 billion deal also back in 2020. So I think that's one of our bigger success stories. Um, but we, in addition to drug development, we also fund a wide range of projects cutting across the entire cancer spectrum. So that includes devices, diagnostics, research tools, as well as digital health, which is a really important and growing part of our portfolio. So another technology uh, that we also funded is uh, from a company called Delphinus. And we funded the development of their automated whole breast ultrasound system. And that's actually also available on the market. And it's for the screening of women with dense breasts uh, for cancer. And that has been a very successful technology too. Um, so we, we fund a, a wide range of technologies. Uh, each of them have different development timelines. Uh, and sometimes it takes a long time to get to market, but um, that's just kind of part of the whole, the whole process. Uh, you mentioned that for some of these small businesses, it's important to sort of try to generate that NCI funding, but also private capital. And I think I, I saw that SBIR has a few programs in which you're trying to create an opportunity um, to sort of build network between those companies and private capital. Is there any one of those initiatives that you would like to highlight or mention? Yeah, sure. You know, I think that's a great question. Um, uh, probably our, our uh, primary program for doing that is a program uh, we run for our portfolio companies. We call it our Investor Initiatives Program. And the whole goal of that program is to help connect companies that we're funding, which are typically very early stage companies, with private investors. And those include investors from the venture capital world, as well as angel investors, and, and, and also uh, with strategic partners uh, like large pharmaceutical companies. So over the past 10 years, we've built relationships with probably a, a hundred different investors across the country that are very active in investing in the cancer space. And once a year, those private investors actually help us review our portfolio and identify the most promising companies that they recommend to us that they think are the most attractive and would be of interest to other investors. And then we will actually fund those companies to go and present at private investor showcases so that they can make those connections. And we also work very closely with those companies to actually give them pitch coaching to help get them ready 
to pitch at these events. So um, that that program has been really successful. Um, we've had over 19 uh, completed deals uh, with investors uh, from companies that have participated in that program. One other program I might mention is another uh, another program we run. We call it our Phase 2B Bridge Award Program. And that's a, that's a program that actually offers up to $4 million for our Phase 2 company awardees. And the goal of that program is to help get these companies into clinical trials, but also to help them raise private capital from the investment community. So um, we use different incentives in that award it, that really help help um, our companies pull in private capital. Those are just two examples. That's great to hear. It sounds like that SBIR is taking really sort of a holistic approach to all the things that a small business needs to succeed. Yeah, so one of the things I think that is exciting about our program is, you know, we understand that funding is critical for these companies, but it's 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 not it's necessary, but it's not sufficient uh, for these companies ultimately to be successful. So, um, in addition to the funding, we're always looking at what the needs of our companies are, and uh, you know what are what are some of the services we can provide to help to help meet those needs. So we're always looking at what are gaps that we can help fill, and happy to talk about some of those other programs. Yeah, I was curious to hear um, when it comes to sort of understanding needs, spreading awareness about the SBIR program to potential applicants, uh, gathering feedback. What is that sort of uh, feedback process like, or what are some of your outreach strategies? Well, um, one of the things we're, we're very active in doing is we um, we build relationships with a lot of these biotech clusters all over the country. Uh, you know. Uh, cities and states that are that are active in in the biotech industry, and um, we we set up webinars. You know, during the pandemic, we were very active in setting up uh, webinars um, in order to connect with their members. But now, we're, you know, we're actually getting back out there again. Um, you know, as COVID is is uh, uh, the number of cases have 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 gone down, we get out and we. Uh, uh, they'll, folks will invite us in where we can put on an SBIR workshop and talking about the different resources the program offers. And then we'll actually meet one-on-one -on -one with individual teams so that they can talk to us about the technology that they're developing. And we can we can advise them on whether we think it's a good fit for, for our program. So we, we really try to do that kind of one-on-one -on -one, uh, touch point where we can understand what companies are doing and really try to figure out, you know, how we can best help them. It looked like there had really been quite a lot of new initiatives launched during your time as director. And I guess the SBIR was sort of established a development center also. Is that true? It seemed as though there was a little bit of a change in, in the structure during your time. Yes, and then I, that's, that's a great question. They, um, I was actually hired... Um, because the the director of the NCI was really interested in looking at new ideas and new approaches for managing this program. So that was one of the first things that we did when I took over the program is we actually set up a center whose only job was was managing SBIR and SCTR awards. 
so that all of our program directors that, that actually manage awards could spend 100% of their time just with small businesses. That's not the way the program used to be run. It uh, used to be kind of the, the program was split up across our institute. So we, we felt that in order to give companies the, the, the attention and the services we need or they need, uh, we needed to pull everything together into a center. And uh, that really has just enabled us to kick off a whole range of programs that we never would have been able to do otherwise. And one thing I think that's really special about our program is all of our team members um, come to us with uh, some industry experience, and uh, they just understand a lot of the uh, kind of the trials that a company has to go through as they're developing their technology and moving it towards commercialization. So uh, they they really understand what companies need from us. Absolutely, and I know you. You it looks as though you've launched quite a lot of new initiatives and programs. Are there any that you would like to highlight? I saw there's, you know, the NIH I-Corps pilot program and a lot of other really interesting stuff in the last few years. Sure, sure. I uh, Maybe I'll, I'll highlight uh, several. I-Corps is a program I'm really excited about. It's a program that um, that we started at the NIH, first, first program of its kind that offers entrepreneurship training to early stage startups in the biotech space. And the whole goal of i is we really focus it on academic uh, spin-out companies, people who have started a company, have are they're great scientists, but they, they really don't have a lot in the way of a background in all the business aspects of running a company. So what i does is over an eight-week timeframe, it really teaches a company how to build a business model around their technology. And they do that through going out and actually interviewing uh, customers about their technology so that they can better understand where the greatest market need is for the technology that they're developing. And by going out and interviewing over 100 different customers, which they have to do over that eight-week time frame, they really understand what the best market niche is, and they really develop a a strong strategy going forward for the company. So i has been really helpful to a lot of our companies. Uh, two new initiatives that we just launched in this past year that I'm quite excited about is what is called the Small Business Transition Grant. Um, and this program is really, it's really focused on early career academics that are still at a university that are working on a technology They've developed some intellectual property around that technology, and they're interested in moving it forward, but they they just don't have the resources or the, the mentoring in order to, to help do that. So the whole thing about what's exciting, I think, about the Small Business Transition Grant is it provides funding to that early career scientist while they're still at the university um, to, to develop their technology, but it also provides mentorship. So we provide funds that support both a uh, technology mentor for, for that scientist, but also a business mentor for that scientist to really help, help them uh, learn all the different aspects of how to develop that technology, but also how to transition it to a company and how to build a business strategy around it. Um, so the way that program is set up is it's a two-phase program. They, they get the initial award while they're still at the university. And then after a year, 
they make the transition to a company, the funding still continues for them uh, while they're at the company, and it really helps get them to a key inflection point for the development of that technology. So we don't have as many applicants coming in for that program, which is one of the reasons why I'm talking about it is we're still trying to get the word out on the on that program, and I think it's just a very effective one. And then finally, the last thing I would mention is uh, another uh, exciting program we, we run. It's called the Small Business Innovative Concept Award. Uh, we call it the Concept Award for short. But essentially, that whole program is geared towards developing innovative technologies for the treatment of uh, rare cancers and also pediatric cancers. Um, so we're looking for kind of high-risk, high-reward approaches, you know, approaches that might have not been tried before to really go after these hard-to-treat cancers for, for kids and, and also in, uh, for rare cancers. Uh, so we've gotten some really exciting new proposals in that area, and we're funding a whole new class of companies that have never applied for SBR funding in the past. It's really great to hear about the mentorship part of that in particular. I think that's really important for small businesses. Are there any other initiatives you would like to highlight or resources that you would like small businesses to know about or even any advice or words of wisdom for small businesses in the cancer technology field? Yes, there are actually a, a couple of other programs I, I wanted to mention. Uh, one is called the CARE program. Um, this is a program that we offer to our portfolio companies. And what's really special about CARE is uh, we help um, we help a small business get questions answered uh, from the FDA about their regulatory strategies. So FDA can really be kind of intimidating in terms of how do you approach the FDA if you're if you're a small business. Uh, we've developed a really close working relationship with the FDA over the past five years. And they've agreed um, to actually, if, if, if we come in with uh, several questions from individual companies, they've agreed to answer those questions. So we have relationships with all the different centers at the FDA, and we can kind of be that go-between to, to help uh, companies start thinking about the regulatory strategy and to help companies get feedback from the FDA about the regulatory strategies. So that's one program. Another program is one we actually just launched two weeks ago, it's a program called the Women's Innovation Network, and something that um, people on my team have been uh, working on developing for the past year. And what's really exciting about the Women's Innovation Network is it's a it's a women only forum where uh, women entrepreneurs and scientists can really get together in a safe safe space and really kind of share their lessons learned and share ideas on how to tackle a specific business strategy, or if people are running into different technology development issues, how to, how to deal with that. It's really just a, it's a, it's an, a forum for women to share ideas and to share lessons learned and to really be there to support each other as they kind of go on this entrepreneurship journey. And uh, what was really exciting about, I think the kickoff um, of the network was we had over 70 different women who participated in just the very first meeting, and they just seemed so jazzed um, by getting together, and uh, they really want to be able to continue to work together, and they're already planning uh, the next event. And the way that we run that is we bring in a keynote speaker who focus on a specific topic, and then 
after that keynote speaker um, presents, then uh, the women break up into smaller groups so they can have you know smaller discussions um, amongst each other to really kind of share ideas. And you know we just we've just kicked that off, but I'm really excited at seeing how that program can grow. Absolutely, that's such an exciting program. That's really great to hear about. So what do you think is next for SBIR or how would you like to see the program continue to grow in the next few years? Yeah, so that's a great question because I've just been thinking about that. Um, we have a new director at the NCI. So, you know, uh, uh, she's going to have you know, her own priorities, but I know one of her priorities is she's very patient centric. She's always thinking about what the NCI can do um, to help patients. So, um, what we're starting to, to think more about is SBR, it's a um, very translational program. And what I mean by that is, you know, we our goal is to move technologies out of the lab and towards patients. So we're already very patient-centric, but I'm I'm thinking even more about what can I do through all these different programs that we offer to get more of our companies over the finish line so that we get more. Uh, technologies available for patients. So just as, as an example, um, I mentioned the um, uh, the concept award, which is focused on pediatric and rare cancers before. Uh, we're funding companies that are at a very early stage with that award uh, that have really highly innovative technologies that are pretty high risk technologies. So one of the things that I'm thinking about is now that we are funding those early stage companies, how do we move them along? How do we move them further along um, in order to make sure that the technologies um, get into clinical trials so that they can ultimately be approved and get out to patients? So we're going to be looking at, at new ideas to help support companies in, in those areas that are in rare and pediatric cancers uh, to get more of them over the finish line. I think we're all really excited to see how the new direct, what she's going to bring and, and that sort of patient centric model is really exciting. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Um, I think, I think I've covered most everything. Um, maybe one last point is I, I think it's really important when you run a program that's supporting small businesses it's really important that you look at what are the impacts of your program. Um, so we're very focused on the metrics of SBIR and what kind of what kind of impact we're having on patients, what kind of impact we're having on the economy. So in line with that, we actually commissioned an economic impact study several years back where we brought in a consultant and, and also an economist to actually go and interview. Um, projects that we had funded uh, between 1998 and 2010, because we wanted to see what actually happened with a lot of those technologies that we funded. You know, were they successful in getting out to patients and getting out to the market? So that was a total of 690 projects that we funded in that time frame. And what we found was, out of those 690 projects, 247 of those were actually commercialized, which is a very high success rate. And in turn, those uh, 247 projects were able to generate over $9 billion in total sales across the country. 
And the reason that we worked with an economist was we wanted to see what the total in economic impact on the economy was from those sales of, of those different technologies. And the economists did the analysis and they came back and showed us that the SBR, NCI SBR program has had a total of over $26 billion in total economic output nationwide. So it's it's the, this program is critical for cancer patients, for cancer researchers, but it's also critical for the economy as a whole and has had a great impact on the economy as a whole. And just most recently, over the past year, 11 devices that we funded and six drugs received FDA approval. And uh, so those are just some of the indications of both our longer-term impact and some of our shorter-term impacts, too. Wow. Did you say $26 billion? $26 billion in total economic output nationwide, yes. And also a lot of new cancer technology out on the market and getting to patients. That's great. That's our job. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really fantastic. I really appreciate it. Thank you. HealthCast, along with GovCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them in your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at gcio.com.